South Florida. The Brian Mudd Show starts right now. Now, now. News Radio 610 WIOD. Districts are required to follow these policies. They can't pick and choose uh, which parts of the law they want to follow. Yeah, that is the voice of Education Commissioner Richard Corcoran from last Thursday's Florida Board of Education hearing where you had the eight remaining offending school districts who continue to impose mask mandates without parental opt-outs, where they were all found unanimously to be violating the law. And they were given 48 hours by the state to come into compliance. And what did all eight districts, including Broward, Miami-Dade, and Palm Beach County do? Nothing. So all are in violation. It looks like you will have those financial consequences that uh, will take place. And it's kind of confusing in this regard. So Alachua and Broward were first. So in the case of Alachua and Broward, they're even further into this process with the penalties than Miami-Dade and, and the others. So you're, you're having the first time imposition of financial withholding that will be taking place by the state. This would equal the salaries of the school board members on a monthly basis. In the case of Alachua and Broward, the state also found that they are going to take back the money equitable to what the federal government ended up giving Alachua and Broward. So that whole ball of wax is playing out. And and we continue to have a lot of frustrated folks. I hear you loud and clear. And somebody else who has uh, taken a look at this and has been, I think, somewhat frustrated by the situation, State Senator Manny Diaz Jr. How you doing, Manny? Good morning. How you doing, Brian? Pleasure to be with you this morning. Yeah, I... Uh, Glad to to be able to touch base with you on this again. You know, first about the ongoing indignance of the eight offending school districts, including Broward, Miami Dade, Palm Beach counties, that uh, were were all found by the board to be in violation of state law. All let the forty eight hour window go and uh, are sitting back and continuing to do what they do. Yeah, it, it's very frustrating, uh, Brian, to to see you know regardless of the topic, whether it's masks or anything else that, you know, local school districts have decided that they're going to apply the law when it's convenient and and decide which laws or rules they're going to apply or not apply. And so I think that uh, as the state board continues to take action, I think as the legislature starts to move into preparing for session, we will be looking at different options to make sure this kind of stuff doesn't happen again. And and at this point, it's clearly political because you see that the state uh, infection rate is under 5%. And they're just uh, being uh, completely uh, absurd when it comes to not following the rules, not following the law, and, and deciding that they're going to do this in spite of, of even the changes that are going on with the infection rates. And, and uh, you know, Manny, another dynamic just to the indignance, they've already lost multiple lawsuits. So we've had, you know, two lawsuits that have gone down. And so immediately after this decision on Thursday, you had six, including Broward and Miami-Dade, join a third legal challenge. I mean, this all costs money. It all costs money. And, and they, they've, the court has decided that the, the rule and the, and the state board rule and the rule of the Department of Health stands, uh, it, it, you know, the parent bill of rights stands as a law that was passed by the legislature. And they just continue to do this. 
clearly there's politics behind it, uh, Brian, because if you also look at, if, if you want to quote unquote follow the science as, as, you know, they always talk about, if you look at the differences between the districts that follow the law, which are most of the districts in the state and even across the country when it comes to mass mandates in schools and those that don't have, that have the mass optional, there's not much of a difference in the infection rates or the spread of the virus. Schools are generally uh, a safer environment, and, and kids are, are generally safer uh, from this virus. And I, and I know there's those outliers. People are always going to talk about the, you know, the, kid, the, the, the tragedies that happen when, when some kids get sick and have underlying conditions. But that, that, doesn't, uh, that doesn't equate to science. If you look at the data, it just doesn't make a difference. On top of the fact that we know that, you know, the, the masks are not being worn correctly. It's not the correct mask and you're just violating the law. So this, this is just one of those situations where it's clearly become a, a, a political crusade for these districts wanting to take a, a swipe at the governor. Well, and to your point, so you have education that's been undermined as well, as well. So there have been numerous studies that have been posted to the National Institutes of Health's website, every single one of them that has measured teaching and learning it's found that at any educational level teachers less effective with mask on students less effective at learning with mask on so you hear you have the school districts violating the law but they're also violating the primary reason they exist which is the education of kids and that seems to be lost in this yeah and, and it's sad that you know you're 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 taking away the prerogative of the parents you're doing something that clearly by the data is not showing any effectiveness and you're doing out of, you know, clearly being done at this point out of spite politically. Uh, and that's not what the function of school districts are. The function of school districts are to educate our children. Um, vaccines have been available for teachers that want to take them. Uh, teachers have every right to, to wear their mask in class. Um, and, and at this point, it's just become something that they're, they're continuing to pursue on a political basis, not a, not a scientific basis, especially when you add to all of that the, the fact that Florida, the, the surge is over and, and we're, our numbers are, are way down. Um, and a lot of them have even, uh, I believe, it might be even violating their, their, own, their own steps that they have uh, mapped out, the benchmarks they have mapped out to, to make the mask optional. So, uh, th- again, it, look, I find, I, I see this more about the overarching a uh, larger view of violation of state law and state board right. rule than I do about the specific topic of the mask. If they can, yeah. if they can do this with this, what are they going to do next? A hundred percent, right down to you know CRT, which the teachers unions fought and the like. Uh, we're speaking with State Senator Manny Diaz Jr. And on that particular note, you know how much of of this really does get down to the influence of teachers unions in these school boards and over administrations, especially given that uh, the last, look, 78% of public school teachers are members of a union that ultimately goes back to a, a parent of the American Federation of Teachers. Yeah, I, I always find, uh, you know, there, there's an interesting phenomenon that happens when it comes to school boards, and that is when it comes to school board elections, unfortunately, a lot of, a lot of uh, people are not paying attention. A lot of interest, it's hard to raise money. And, and t- uh, the unions have an, you know, an overwhelming advantage there where they do invest in these races and have probably an oversized influence on these school board members, despite the fact that a lot of these school board members, especially Miami-Dade, are from single-member districts, and their constituencies 
may not uh, reflect what some of the policies or some of the stances that are being taken, and they may be taking those stances because, uh, oftentimes because of the pressure uh, that is placed on, on the uh, administration and on the board uh, by, by the teachers' unions. And I always say that the teachers' union and the actual teachers aren't always on the same page. Um, you know, if you talk to individual t- teachers, they have specific views or different views, and, and the teachers' union sometimes, uh, in other parts of the country, we have seen them take on this fight not to return students to class in person, which we saw um, not so much here in Florida, but we saw a lot of it go on nationally. And, and obviously that hurts kids. So, I, you know, I understand that the teachers are the ones that pay the dues, not the students. But at the end of the day, the main focus of our education system is to educate our children. So that, that always has to be taken into account. And, and I just think uh, communities that are up in arms now and showing up at these meetings have to pay attention to these elections and make sure that the platforms of the school board members or candidates reflect that of, of their district and, and of the area that's being that's electing them. Yeah, uh, many you, you made many good points there. And something else that's been a frustration for many is, uh, you know, you take a look at your property tax bill and, well, the, the line share of the money goes to schools. And so here you have schools that are, are, are violating parents' rights while they're being forced to pay taxes with the roof over their family's head to these districts to to you know carry out what they've been doing here i spoke to lieutenant governor Jeanette nunez on friday asked if there's room for meaningful reforms within property taxes what say you yeah look i think there's meaningful uh, room for meaningful reform there's a couple of things that i've been pursuing the last couple of years because of my district and that is these these seniors that are that are living in the homes that they've been in for 25 30 years they've, they've worked their whole life to pay them off and they're seeing their property taxes go up because yep. the values of, of the homes are going up, especially in South Florida. Yep. And they're getting to the point where they're concerned about not being able to pay their insurance and their taxes and losing their homes. So one of the things I've worked on is to try to figure out how to give those uh, seniors a further break on their taxes. Uh, the other thing when you talk about those taxes, uh, uh, Brian, is that you have to, if, if we're going to have uh, districts continuing to violate this and not do what the parents want, I think we, even though we have a robust school choice uh, system in Florida, I think we need to look to do more and make sure we get to the point where the, the money just follows the child. Because at the end of the day, parents are more engaged now. One of the, one of the things that came out of COVID is parents are more engaged, uh, the CRT issue and even other issues. And we have to give parents the power to make those decisions. And the ultimate power to make that decision is when you put the control of those dollars in the parents' hands and let them make the decision of whether they want to homeschool the child, put them out of private school, charter school, or district schools, which, you know, in Florida we do have open enrollment, but but there's still work to be done on that to, to have parents choose what school works best for their child. So I, I think that's that's part of the cure um, the other part is, you know, the, how do we deal with these increasing property values for people that are on a fixed income and are not even, you know, they're not able to pay uh, the increases and, and there's no, there's not enough of a cap on that, uh, especially with school taxes. So how, how do you balance that and make sure we still have the dollars we need to educate the child uh, and at the same time protect the taxpayers? We are definitely on the same page there. I think it was last Thursday or Wednesday I had a Q&A where I was asked my, my biggest what I thought was the biggest problem in Florida right now, and I identified the rising cost of property insurance and property taxes. So um, lead on, and I hope you're successful in this upcoming state session. We'll talk to you soon. 
Thanks, Brian, and uh, look forward to talking to you further on this. Sounds good. State Senator Manny Diaz, Jr. And we'll have Natalie in the trending story next on the Brian Mudd Show. News Radio 610 WIOD.